2: what's up everybody welcome it's Haberman and middle i'm guy that's john this is our youtube channel and our podcast if you're listening great thank you five stars apple podcast and if you're watching on youtube great like the video subscribe to the channel we are brought to you by our friends at tito's handmade vodka tito's handmade vodka threw a few back john this weekend uh on uh friday night in boise and uh Several people sent me photos of uh, them enjoying their Tito's. I hope you uh, take it to a party, have some people at the house, pull out the Tito's. I was sitting next to somebody, and they said, Tito's soda. And the bartender said, what kind of vodka? And he said, doesn't matter. And I said, you're damn wrong about that. And then we had to have a conversation. And then I bought him. I bought him his drink. So uh, with Tito's in it. Tito's Handmade Vodka, numero uno. You got a Tito's toast today?
1: Yeah, I got a cheers because... I, the, the American dream is to – it's one thing to be paid to not to work. You and I have been there. Uh, it wasn't enough money where you're not thinking about money, and life is just on easy street. It was two months. Then there's a right? level of – yeah, I think it was three. Three. Uh, th- th- then there's the level of wealth that the golden parachute that a lot of the CEOs and CFOs get in these major corporations, mm. and now college football coaches get. And I think Jimbo Fisher being paid 75 million trumps Mark Davis. owing those guys 60 or 70, uh, to leave, cause that's two people, right? It's a GM and a coach, one individual, $75 million to leave. Uh, it's just, it's gotta be a good feeling. I mean, it's like, you're already rich.
2: You think he was quiet quitting?
1: No, I think he tried. I, I I, I, I think he tried, but, uh, Quiet quitting's been happening well before it became fun on social media. People been doing that know. you know since society's been going on. But so including football. Props coaches. to uh I just can't imagine one thing if I love my school and I was had unlimited money to like pitch in a couple million, but like get to the fifteen, twenty million dollars to help out to get a guy to leave. Like I just yeah, I'm just gonna kind of pay attention to other schools for a little bit. You you have to have a level of passion that I can't relate to.
2: Yeah, I uh it's it's an extreme. I'm with you. Yeah, you are because this is this is your thing. You are. I think if you are that level of booster, this you own the team, right? You are like a you are like an NFL owner. We're
1: going it's, to all the games
2: then probably, right? We're going to the games. We're going to the we're going to all kinds of stuff like the coach is coming to our house for dinner, right? Because he has to say yes to that invitation. Like yeah. you're doing all of that stuff. You You're letting them use the plane for recruiting. So you're the owner. Anyway, that's a good toast. That's a good toast. Um, a toast to uh Kyle Yuschek, who's listening to this show today. He's told us he only listens when they win, and uh, not only but predominantly. And he scored a touchdown today. Did he which, ruin the record? Did he well, ruin the record? It forced him and McCaffrey to keep playing. Like, he when it was like everyone's out, but Christian, it's like no use in there too in a 30 point game.
1: If he could do it over. Do you think he just because, again, he's been making he's going to have eight, nine, 10 year career on the 49ers, yeah. highest paid fullback in NFL history. You're talking 50 million dollars over that stretch uh, in his bank account after taxes, as we've seen with Eric Armstead, way less than that because you're a 50, 50 shareholder of California and the federal government. But do you think he just would have hit it? At the one let Christian get it win win for everybody because ultimately um, for a touchdown for him as a player. I I, I do truly wonder it's it's obviously really cool. But that that like you said, <laughs> ever you're in with the backups at the end trying to get McCaffrey, which I'm going to support really quick. You remember when Clay Thompson had the uh, was it 60 points against the the Kings and like 35 yeah. points or whatever it was in the quarter?
2: Oh, I do remember. And I'll Steve Kerr did not let him caps. play the. It
1: was against they didn't let him play. They didn't let him play the fourth quarter. Yeah, and it's always like a running discussion of like when there's a line. It it's this is sports, you know. Like this is sports. Like you, there's a level of doing things in a lot of other industries. But I texted you. I texted some other people. Like, ah, it's kind of bush league. This is football, and and, and while it's a it's a it's a stat and a record stat that we all heard of like a basketball. month ago. It doesn't matter. But it's more that you've come this far, 18 straight games. It'll probably never be broken, and it's just a cool thing. Like it's been a running thing with the 49ers now for a while. I don't think. While it's very risky at the end, like it's this is football. Like Bush League is to like sue a guy no, it's just to put Bush. him out of business because you don't like him.
2: I I, I would not. To me, uh, someone thinking it's Bush League, I would tell them that's Bush
1: them. Bush League. I don't. But. Bush League is even too strong of a word, but just unneeded. Just who cares? Yeah.
2: Well, I would say it's you used risky. Me, I would use the word you use, which is it was risky. Like it's very easy. I'm watching that thing, thinking the Niners are just beat. The Jags thirty-four to three. They got a chance to make it forty, but it's thirty-four to three. They feel amazing. They feel like they are back. They are a championship. It is. It was just a bad dream those last three. Well,
1: times. the ass kicking of the day by a mile and, so far,
2: right? And if McCaffrey gets hurt trying to break this record, it will wipe all of that out, right? Like that's what I was thinking those last two minutes on that last drive. So it was risky. I'm. I don't think it was bush league. I think it was risky. Here's the thing. After I was texting you, and I'm like, I don't like this. The well, Because they had the game of the got, day
1: so far, correct? Game like they're back. Yeah, I mean Houston, Houston beating Cincinnati. But but but, he, but they, bear, they they walk off field goal. It's a big moment for them. The Niners had like, "Hey motherfuckers, remember us, like we're not dead yet." Yeah, kind yeah, of. yeah. Um
2: but they kept uh, here's what I will say about that, John. They kept cutting to the sideline. All the players were really into it. They cut to um Purdy and Kittle and you can see Purdy's got his helmet in his hand go back and watch the end of the game Purdy's got his helmet I'm in his watching. hand and he's got not you just other people and he and he and he's holding the helmet to his ear so he can hear the play call and he, hear, he hear's the play call and he turns this up to Kittle and you can see Kittle goes oh like that and it was like a like an end around to it was like a flip reverse to McCaffrey Then they cut back to Debo, and Debo's like cheering it on. Then they cut back to like the players. Like that is one thing I will say: the players did want, they cared, they were into it. So I think you can,
1: you know, you you got to. I'm not I'm not holding this on Juice for scoring. You got to score when you score. Touchdowns are hard to come by, especially as a fullback.
2: Yeah, here's what I will say: I just looked. uh, It probably doesn't include today. Juice. This is his 11th year in the league. Um, He had 15. I think that's his 16th career touchdown. Like, at the end of the day, I,
1: What's the difference my 15, guess 15? is he,
2: if you he were here right now, he'd pretend that he felt bad about it, but he doesn't feel bad about it. That'd be my guess.
1: No, you just don't. You, you don't Like you said, I mean, it's, he's almost averaging a touchdown a season. They're hard to come by at that position no matter who you are. So, yeah, it's he's had some years where the fucking quarterback, you know, couldn't have hit him when he's wide open if his life depended on it. So, you get open like that right around the end zone. It's so not his problem that Christian could punch it in earlier.
2: Somebody said Juice might have a contracting center for touchdowns. I doubt it. I would doubt it, too. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he had to play. That was his punishment. He had to play.
1: What was crazy is if Christian doesn't score a touchdown, think of who did, right? It's like Ayuk, Kittle, <laughs> Juice, Debo. Like, every, like, the whole other team scored. Literally every dude on the squad scored except him.
2: How do you score? Thomas should have it, should have it's a great point right like how do you score 34 and McCaffrey doesn't touch it well you've got multiple other superstar players that's how with Trent Williams lead blocking for for Debo
1: my missing a touchdown or they got two field goals on huh? so they got four touchdowns and two field goals yeah
2: you got you you got it correct Debo rushing you can Kittle receiving and then the the. <laughs> in the box score they look like it went right
1: down the middle for Moody I, I think there are elements of Trent Williams. It's like, you know, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jalen Moore's played well. And then you see Trent, you're like, God, there's a different level. It's like, yeah, my backup center is pretty good. Yeah, Shaq's on the sideline. I mean, let's, there's, you know, there's a large, large gap between the two individuals. That is, I, I was texting someone today, like what separates, when I was in Philly, I think Trent's probably slightly better, but Jason Peters had a stretch and Jason might end up going to hall of fame. Very similar. six five, three hundred thirty, forty 330, 40 pounds, but wore his weight really well and moved in the open field. Like our DBs and our Deshaun and Jeremy Macklin. And you watch Trent move. It might've been the backup tight end or it might've been Kittle. They're like stride for stride. Like this guy, I remember uh, not brain and Marshall, but Richard Marshall, when I was at Fresno State, came back and was working out and was, like, telling stories about the Carolina Panthers and Julius Peppers, you know, when they would – during OTAs, a lot of it's, like, cardio work and, like, the DBs split up and the O-linemen split up to, like, do their different workouts. And Julius Peppers would run with the DBs and the wide receivers, Hmm. like, on their, like, uh, you know, full sprints throughout the whole field. And that, to me, Trent, like, Joe Staley was an elite athlete for the position, but he didn't – like, one thing that had Jason Peters had – and Trent definitely has, is the power to go along with the movement. Like If you just get Joe Staley, you're fine, especially in Kyle's offense. It works. Hell, he worked in Harbaugh's offense. But if you get that level of athleticism with elite power, it's just an unstoppable player. It's the perfect player. And and toughness,
2: right? Like, not 100%. Weird ankle Smart, the whole thing. But I'm just talking about
1: the physical attributes at the tackle. Like, he's the perfect player.
2: Andre's th- And the other he, thing is he, he's, he's not
1: 27. He's 35 years
2: old. Looks like he's in his prime. The only problem is just, you know, that he misses games.
1: That's yeah. I mean, he's, just, he's so good. You just live with, there's not really a downfall. Like, yeah, he jumps off sometimes. Like well,
2: am a hold here. That I told Alyssa, I'd never Andre on the chat said, did you see 31 make a business decision when Trent came around that edge? I've never quite seen a guy turn his back on the guy trying to block him. Like 31 did. And like, like, he was trying to, like, get ground and, you know, get a position. But he, like, turns his back on Trent
1: and runs away because he was trying to – I don't know what. I never well, the guy's it. moving. It's one thing if – juice, no offense. I mean, obviously, Kyle's an excellent lead blocker. Or just a wide receiver, Jennings or whatever. It's another thing when, uh, when Trent Williams is coming. And that's what all those guys say. Like, when we – when Kittle or, or use or those guys talk about this guy. They're like, this is the best football player we've ever seen, ever seen. I think to a man, I remember Matt rule got fired. He's like, yeah, I think the best player I saw when I was in the NFL for three years is Trent Williams. That He said it on the uh, flying coach podcast. <laughs> He's like, I, I think that's the best player in the NFL.
2: That was a good interview. Actually. That's right. Yeah. Debo. I, I mean, just getting those guys, you texted me this and you're right. I mean, you mentioned it with Trent, but like you look at Debo's line. Four tar- four targets, four receptions, 30 yards, long of nine. Uh, three carries, 29 yards, long of 23 touchdown. Does not even begin to tell the story what it feels like when Debo Samuel's back on that team.
1: No. Game changer. Both those two guys. I mean, they're just – they're elite winning players. I, Trent is elite all pro. Debo technically is not because of the position he plays, but – his value to this team is is not something you can replace. Yeah. Right. Uh so Niners are six and three.
2: Was it all a bad dream and are they back? That is what this, you know, they play the Bucks this week, but that's what this whole week is gonna be, right? Are they back? And um like I think the answer is yes in the in this sense. They look I think the Bucks won today. Yeah, that I saw that game was close. Uh, What did Tampa do? It was not close. Um, But I would say, yes, they are back. They are back to being what they were early in the season when they were winning games, which was still a team that, like, think about what they were when they were unbeaten. What were we talking about? Like, ah, you know, from a coverage standpoint, are they good enough? Eh, Moody, is he really going to be clutch? But other than that, like, I saw Alex Smith. There was a clip, I don't know, where it was last week, but he was talking about Brock and he was just saying like, I know the interceptions are bad, but I got to tell you, like when you watch him, he's just all the other stuff that was going on. He was still playing at a really high level, which I agree with. Like that's how I felt about him coming out of their last game. So who said the
1: same thing today.
2: Yeah, he did. So, yeah, I think they are back to that team. Now that team Mm -hmm. still had questions about whether they were a championship team. Those questions still remain like, will they win the Super Bowl? But I think they are back to being that group that they were not for the last two, definitely last two weeks and last three.
1: Well, when they're healthy on offense, it's an elite offense. We know that is fact. Defensively, their front seven, when healthy, and now adding Chase Young is going to be elite. I still think like, can they cover everybody if the pass rush doesn't get home? I think we have the answer. Guys were open all day, right? But that's you, there is no perfect team that that doesn't exist especially in a salary – it never has in the salary cap league. The being able to do what Eddie DeBartolo did in some of the teams in the 80s and the 70s, it's impossible now. You're going to have a flaw. But one thing was clear to me of their D-line was probably gassed because they – and they were outspoken about how they were kind of running in sand or whatever the last couple of weeks. Just the entire defense, the team looked slow. The defensive line of the day looked like Chris Kossarek I would imagine they had a pretty intense week of kind of a look in the mirror, how much money we're all making. Because that's a... Now adding Chase Young, you get the number two overall pick, you get the highest paid defensive player in the league. Hargrave makes fucking $20 million a year. Kinlaw, we make fun of him all you want. He's a first-round pick. Armstead's highly paid. I mean, it's a... It's a Crowley was in, a
2: first-round pick. I mean, if you want to go... Yeah,
1: number four overall. Nice to act today. I mean, they, they got a guy... They got a group of guys that... Don't just come with a lot of accolades, Randy Gregory a lot of money. A lot of Yeah, he made a lot of money getting signed and was a big-time player. Like, it's – the group had no excuse to play like they played the last couple weeks, and to me, they were the difference. Like we, yeah. I know what their offense looks like when Trenton Debo were on the field as a group. Brock Purdy, will get in him, is fucking good. Like, it's just – he's a good player. He, just, he can't turn the ball over in tight games. But like today he could have thrown a pick, whatever. But that defensive line today – to me, was co- the complete difference in the game. They fucking dominated. Hargrave looked like Aaron Donald. I, I would imagine that Casera got on him a little bit. Like, you're making a lot of money here, man. Like, the- we-, we went all of our chips in the middle of the table on not having to pay quarterback on you. On you. And people are, like, getting shoved around a little bit. And today he came out dominated.
2: From the jump. And listen,
1: I mean, just, he looked just like Aaron like Donald. My hands, your hands, and I'm pushing you back into your quarterback. <laughs> every point you could give me all the stats on the pressures lynch can tell everybody he looks normal no one says the guy has, sucks but when you pay bosa this much money i don't give a shit if they block him with seven guys it's why whenever belichick's asked who know how much longer he's going to be able to get asked because who, how much longer he's going to be a head coach when people like whoever is the like uh hot rocket ship at pass rush like how would this guy compare to lawrence taylor and bill's like full stop because the guy was on crack and everyone tried to block him with seven players and it didn't matter and he was the defensive player of the year it felt like every single game and to me bosa it's like you just have to make shit happen i don't care what they're throwing at you and maybe now you add some help it becomes a little easier but he looked today like that's why he was everywhere flying around he looked like he was at a different pace
2: well force, and maybe it's as
1: simple as chase young
2: yeah I don't know. Maybe it is. I, the forced fumble was him and Chase, which was. Did cool. he not feel at a different pace to you? He, I mean, he was there <laughs> faster, and I don't remember watching him thinking he looks bad. That because you're right, like that's not how it looked so far this season. It looked bad, but it just wasn't quite popping in the way that you're used to it popping, and the way it should pop for the amount of money he's making. That's how it should today pop, pop today. Forced fumble, forced interception, one and a half sacks, fumble recovery.
1: Right, I mean, Chase he gets credit on the forced interception, too. That that's not a stat. Hell right? yeah. He made that play. He made that play. Th- that, that group, and it's easy. This is part of football that you only play once a week, so you over and overreact to stuff and probably underreact to stuff when you win and no one's paying attention or, you know, really dive it into some of the negativity, is that they made Trevor Lawrence look like a scrub. He's not some bust or some scrub, but – when today they made him look like a loser, they made him look. If you just watched the game and you didn't know football, which is impossible to do because 10 million people watched the fucking Bears <laughs> Panther game on Thursday night, the, the Germans are out there didn't there even have their that.
2: minds for a nine six game or whatever the hell that game finished at.
1: <laughs> Singing Sweet Caroline, did you were you watching when they sang that part? No, they sang Sweet Caroline in unison, it was pretty cool, and the play was still going on. Ultimately, Trevor Lawrence looked like Mr. Irrelevant. Brock Purdy looked like the, uh, and we'll get into Brock, like it made some incredible, like look like making Pro Bowl level throws. But they made Trevor look like a scrub. They were destroying him because they were annihilating their
2: offensive line.
1: Annihilating
2: that group. You know, the other part that surprised me a little was that they looked athletic against him. You know, like I thought, okay, let's see a little more mobility. They struggle with that sometimes. He couldn't get away. Like there were multiple plays where I thought he'll get away. He didn't get away. He could not get away from them. Outside of the pocket, right, like where he, as he was trying to get out. Couldn't get away. Yeah, it was. The buy was needed. They needed
1: the buy yes, was needed. yeah Because they were – they looked like a different group up front. Right. But I'm not going to act like Steve Wilkes just figured it out because the secondary – Doug was doing some stuff with bunch formations. Their DBs didn't know where to go. Guys were open. Everyone could take a shit on bulky all they want. That Christian Kirk, that guy can play. That's a good signing. Like that's that guy's a really good player. And he was. They couldn't cover him. They could not cover him. And like, I feel good about the front dominating. If they if they come in fresh, ready to roll, mindset right, Caserik on their ass, the group is as good as any. But I don't feel great like they have all the uh, everything figured out on the back end. Another sneaky thing to keep an eye on, and he's been open about talking about this is I think his quote was last week when he got shot up all of his different injuries. Like, I hurt the team. Greenlaw said that I hurt the team being out there. He definitely does not look like he did around the Cowboy game. He, He looks a step slow. And Fred today was flying around like he was Ray Lewis in his prime. So he kind of overcame a little bit, but that is an element. The front dominated, Fred dominated, but Dre looks a little off. Now who was making plays, but I don't feel great about their secondary right now.
2: No, they have guys that you target, right? I mean, Ambry Thomas and the, now Ambry made the great play on the the punch out. Should have been, I took his robbed of the touchdown, but they target him Like they went at him when he was on the field. Right. And it seems like to your point, The same happens with Greenlaw.
1: Lenore. They they do it Lenore, too. Now, listen, Uh, this is part of being a good defense, is creating turnovers, making plays. You can do whatever you want from the 20 to the 20. If I hold you to field goals, and I don't let you score touchdowns, you can have 800 yards. That was one of Belichick's things in in their heyday, not now. Uh, Yards are kind of irrelevant, or not irrelevant, but overrated. A lot of people like you, you give up however many yards a game. Scoring defense matters. Red zone defense matters. So to me, you got to lock in that. Like, that's going to separate them. They're not going to give up that many 40 and 50-yard touchdowns. But they are going to give up yards. And so to me, where it's going to come down to, like, how do they do in the red zone against the big-time teams? Because that's – they are not some complete defense. They're good. No. And their front – and Fred are, can be elite. But their secondary – who I would put Hufunga as just – he's got a knack for playmaking. He's just kind of got a knack for being in some spots, but the the, the group includes Charvarius. Like I, you know, if he's your highest paid corner, which you could do a lot worse, but he's not, I wouldn't call him Mr. Lockdown. Well, if you're going to have one
2: of the highest paid, you know, most talented defensive lines in the league, you're going to have to, some, something's going to have to give. Right. And one of the best paying, you know, you got two linebackers and it's just, it, that's why you've got those guys is to make up for some of the, your deficiencies yeah. on the other end. But you're right. Like, and I texted you. Nor Ambry
1: are cheap. who cheap. I mean, a lot of their yeah, guys are these cheap. are not
2: for these are your picks and they're not <laughs> first round picks, right? No. Um, which in theory, if they hit great and their safeties play well enough that like Jair Brown doesn't really even get to play that much. So one day that'll matter, but it does feel like a lot of their games where they run like the Jags game felt like a lot of their blowout wins. Different teams blow you out different ways. When the Chiefs blow you out, they just slice and dice you for four quarters. When the Dolphins blow you out, they just, you know, like the Niners are different. (laughs) The Niners, every blowout, there's like in the second, almost every blowout, there's like in the second quarter, they're up 10 with the other team just screening their way down the field. And it feels like they're about to be in a tie game going to the half and they punch a ball out, get the ball, score a touchdown, get the ball first, score again. All of a sudden they're up three scores. Like what just happened? Are they, I guess they're blowing them out. They play really well. Front runner has a negative connotation because it means you're like kind of weak minded. But they play really well from ahead. They play better from ahead than a lot of teams play from ahead.
1: They create their turnovers that way. And that's where it snowballs on you, right? Because yeah, they're just the way that. they control the
2: clock and the way they wear you down. Like that is what Kyle wants to do. Like he builds his football philosophy on the game is four quarters, not two quarters
1: wired well, Lombardi, but man, they do. Ago. It feels
2: like they create red zone turnovers when they're just like, guys just came that seven plays, 82 yards and bam. Like what the fuck? And I then know. somebody punches a ball out. Sorry. Were gonna well, there,
1: well, Michael Lombardi mentioned this weeks ago and you and I have been talking about it for years, the way Kyle's passing game works. And it just really was, it came to light today because they had a big league. Like, his whole passing game is always the play action passing game. Like, His offense is his offense. He is not... Because I read this article on why Belichick guys fail. And one guy, like, it was on The Athletic. It was like kind of a deep dive. And one, I don't know if it was an unnamed source that would work with Bill or a league executive. It's just an unnamed guy in the NFL said that he thought that they didn't... Bill doesn't have a scheme, right? Like, if you work for Pete Carroll, you learn his defense. If you work for the Shanahan's, like, you get an ethos into a way to play. Bill's like runs a different defense game in, game out, their whole career. Offense, like, completely changes week to week. He just adapts. Like, they just start from scratch every week. Kyle's the opposite. His offense looks the same win, lose, or draw, the main plays that are hitting, the main routes that are hitting, and which is awesome. Sometimes I'm watching a day like, can they expand a little bit? It's not going to happen during the season. If the more and more comfortable he gets with Brock, because that is somewhat of a downfall of theirs, is like they their passing game is very predicated on play-action-boot-movement stuff. I know he had the one touchdown, which was fucking awesome to Kittle, which was inside the pocket, but a lot of their passes happen on the corners of the tackles or outside. Yeah. Just the nature of his game. And it works. I mean, it's, it's not like we're only in year two of this. We're in many years. The family business has been doing this for 30. So it's I'm not acting like this offense doesn't work because you're does. asking
2: does it need to evolve a little bit
1: it's very specific though very in a pass happy league I just wonder if you can add meshes to this stuff I don't know I'm not I'm not pretending to know more offensive football than Kyle but like it just feels is that going to be their downfall because he just he's going to do it no matter what like he's going and, and you see it today with Debo and Trent when they have their full arsenal, his plays work a lot better, right? When Christian's got a little more pep to yeah, step, yeah. Well, that's in there. Shit what's works. his advantage?
2: What's his advantage over the like you? To your point, Players. like you, yeah. You have Kyle Shanahan. You don't want somebody else to walk to another team. Be like I got the Kyle Shanahan, and then just immediately become little Kyle Shanahan, right? Like the Dolphins, the Texans, he the, runs the, the Packers. same plays
1: <laughs> most weeks.
2: Like, wait, can we? But his thing is like, yeah. But I got McCaffrey and Debo. Like I can, which he does. Like McDaniel's the one that it feels like God. He can really do it that way. But if you gave Bobby, well, what does he
1: have? He's got Waddle and Tyreek Hill, right?
2: <laughs> like Lafleur, who does what? What does he have? Not a whole lot of anything, and he's losing every week.
1: Now that he lost Rodgers. so it's just. I, I feel like I'm being negative. I'm not trying to be. No, I, I know. We, my, I know. My <laughs> overall point. My overall point is it's just something to keep an eye on against yeah. in these big spots. Sometimes because when they're healthy, offensively, they they dominate. I, but I don't want to be negative. Like no, I, but it's, not really ne- but it's not that. even
2: negative. We're, this is we're just this is it's all part of the whole thing. It's fun.
1: Yeah, Prize Picks is where it's at.
2: Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app with more than five million users. I've been using it and telling you about it for months. It's the most fun and exciting way to get it on the action while you watch your favorite sports and players. We're not going to talk about my Otani-less season-long pick quite yet on his home run total. You just pick more or less of two or more player stats for a shot to win up to 100 times your cash. For example, this week on Prize Picks, you can go... Anthony Edwards, more than 29 points, and Nikola Jokic, more than 10 rebounds. Playoff time is the time to join because star players mean more on prize picks. Keep an eye out for the starred players on the board, and you could receive a 10% payout boost if they're in your winning lineup. So, right now, download the Prize Picks app and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Prize Picks, code HAM50. First deposit match up to 100 bucks. Price picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. ButcherBox.com slash ham and another special deal free for a year. You get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at ButcherBox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years, been eating it. Um, let's talk about, Brock. you want to talk about Brock?
0: fucking awesome today.
2: Yeah. It was one of his best games. It was one of his best games in a win. I mean, from a yard, it statistically, it was one of his best games. It also looked like one of his best games. Let's start it with, um, before we like really dive in, let's just answer this question from if I can find it here. Brian asked, uh, in a super chat, what was better today? Brock's first or his second touchdown. I haven't seen shit like that in years. So Brock's first touchdown was rolling left. First first and 10 at the 13-yard line. Throwing it into a crowd. Perfectly. Ayut goes up and gets it. Two arms up. Touchdown. Okay, pretty good. The second touchdown was the Kittle touchdown, right? Pumps. Dudes in his face. Throws again. Cannot follow through drops it in the bucket, Kittle's gone. I thought – I, I mean, it's tough because the first one felt kind of crazy. <laughs> I'd probably lean with the second one because of all the pressure on him, but what do you think?
1: I think it's the best throw of his career to Kittle. When you factor in the muddled pocket, muddied pocket, when you factor in the pump fake that almost runs into another player, when you factor in the, the pump fake to then just release it, the location – in one on one coverage on the outside. Did you notice Kyle going Lane Shanahan right behind him or, or Lane Kiffin, like did a big pump fake? No. It was fucking sweet. To me, there's an element. Listen, the first touchdown, everyone's like, oh, it's lucky. Well, if Mahomes or Josh Allen did that, everyone would be tickling their taint. So it's like, yeah, it was, <laughs> there's an element of making sweet plays too. Cause I saw all the Ohio State guys making fun of the Michigan guy for crying. It's like when Urban Meyer used to do this shit, you guys all got on your knees and gave him a reach around. Now you guys are making fun of this. Like you guys are all biased on this. It's a fun way to have it. It deserved to be made fun of,
2: but okay. It's
1: I fun. kind of enjoyed the, the, <laughs> the skeptical of it. But my point is it's very independent on where you're from on that one. Yeah. Right. When Ohio state, when urban had that one dude who was like beating his wife, everyone's like due process, the due process of this. And it's just, it's just, that's not oh, yeah. college. sports. It's work hilarious. Work. It's, uh, you know, yes, I agree. <laughs> So but what I'm saying about the first play is that's something if Josh Allen and Lamar does, like, that is, why, wow, those guys are elite. But Brock's like, did he even know where he was going? I don't know. Does Mahomes know where it's going sometimes? A little elemental luck there, 100%. Very cool. The outcome was awesome. He, even he kind of laughed, probably should have done that. The second play, like, that, that's elite quarterbacking play. I, I, I think that's. I, I do think that's the best throw of his career when you just factor in Clearly a schemed-up play, one-on-one coverage, widey pump because they were trying to get him open down the seam. Like, that was a scheme play. The other thing that stood out to me on that play, if I assume I'm correct on this scheme play, those are the ones that the Niners for about six years never hit. That was harder to hit than a lot of the ones that are truly wide open. That, That was a tough play. But they never hit that play. They never hit that play. And I'm telling you, when you go back and watch it, you'll see Kyle behind because that was the guy they were going to. That's why I use pump faking. It was a specific scheme. When I nitpick Kyle's passing game for not having some Andy Reid elements to it, I will give him 1 million percent of the credit on every single week being able to scheme multiple plays that are at minimum 50-yard plays, let alone touchdowns if they work. Touchdowns. Yeah. I don't even know if you can always say that with Andy. I mean, this. I, I've been watching football for 30 years he is on average minimum one play a week and sometimes multiple where it's like, if you just hit the guy, touchdown. Yes. Touchdown. There was a play where he hit Kittle early in the game that Kittle took it. That was like, they missed that play. Not, not the touchdown, but you know, the one I'm talking about where he kind of looped it to him. Mm -hmm. And Kittle almost dragged a couple guys into the end zone. I think he got taken down to like the 10 or the eight, but just hit the ones you're supposed to hit. And then if you make those plays, Let's face it. If you just watch that game, if I told any team in the NFL they had just drafted this guy in the top ten, and that's what the guy looked like, you'd be like, "We got a fucking star player." Star no question. Player.
2: I was thinking about that today, just looking at you know some of the stuff that CJ Stroud's doing. Let me tell you what I loved about the first throw because it was it was I it was Mahomes, which is also risky. Like Mahomes does risky stuff, and why is he Mahomes? Because it works. He does it, and it works more than it doesn't work. What I loved about the throw was, A, that he made it, first and foremost. Second, that he – just to make that individual play shows guts. But third, I think it kind of shows he's – what we already, I think, knew about him was that he's very unfazed by the interceptions that he's thrown in crunch time in the last two games they've played, right? Like, Brock is kind of like Kyle in the sense that Brock is going to play in the same way that Kyle coaches, which is, I'm going to do what I – think is best my confidence comes from me it doesn't come from I don't care what anybody says about me on a radio show or a tv show or a podcast or social media or the questions you ask me in a press conference have no bearing on how I you're not going to get me to change because I'm afraid or I'm under pressure external pressure or any of that stuff I think it's got to be one of the things Kyle really likes about him I think it's one of the big tests that any quarterback goes through do you get beaten down by your failure you get gun shy because of the interceptions or the hits that you take. Like it is such a fundamental part of the sport. People are going to hit you and they're going to take the ball from you. And when they take the ball from you, you're going to get a lot of criticism. What do you do when that happens? And Brock hasn't changed a freaking thing. So even though <laughs> I am like, I love the throw. It was also like, is that the throw you want to make on first and 10 in the red zone, but whatever he made it. And he has shown an ability to, And he had a few – he had one tipped in the last game over the middle. He has shown a really, I think, impressive ability to layer the ball over like linebackers. This was a different throw, but it was kind of the same deal. My arm is not strength that's going to get the ball there. It's my accuracy and my touch. And he consistently has shown accuracy and touch when he's got defenders in front of receivers. That is pretty elite, and that was really elite. Like all I know at the end of it was he tried something kind of crazy, and it worked. It worked. And what have we been talking about for years with this team? They're, they don't have quarterbacks that can make anything crazy happen, right? They they all have to operate. What did Kyle scheme up for me? Was he open? Did I hit him? And, you know, they got beaten the Super Bowl by a guy who was able to make a play beyond what Andy Reid told Pat to do. And that is ultimately part of what the Niners need. They need a quarterback that can make some risky plays. They just – they need it. And this guy, he, he's, he's made – he is not just – I think he showed it again today. He is not just a follow the instructions builder here. Like he's got some creativity and some ability to be special.
1: Remember the preseason game when uh Lance threw that pick but he was like rolling out across his body and after the game it was like Kyle was like, "You know, it's kind of refreshing to see him just let it rip." And, and there's a balance in any offense where I need you to do everything I tell you, but even your Kyle where everything is kind of buttoned up and play within my offense, I still at times need you like even if it's 80 20, there's still a 20. It's never going to be like, let's say Andy and Mahomes 50 50, right? Dayball and Josh, when they were humming, was 50 50. Like there's kind of a give and take. That is not the case as much in this offense, but there still is a percentage. And we saw for a long time, Jimmy brought in, that it was just empty. It was like out of the 20, maybe every once in a while he gave you a couple of percent, but he could never fulfill it. And I think Brock does uh, most of the time. And, yeah, is there an element of luck to that throw? Sure, a little. Is there an element of, like, that's probably not even what they would tell them on film, like, ah, let's not do that. But deep down, you kind of got to like it. Like, that's part of what makes a great coach, right? Yeah. Yep. Because everyone, for example, is saying, you know, Belichick is completely exposed without Brady. It's like, Google every Hall of Fame coach and watch every coach in there. They also have their quarterbacks in there with them in the Hall of Fame. For Kyle to be really good, what is he needing? He needed Matt Ryan, won the MVP. How good has he been over the stretch since Brock Purdy became the starter? Every good coach is better with a better quarterback as an offensive play caller or just a head coach in general. Yeah. Mike Tomlin looked a lot better when he had young, prime Ben Roethlisberger than now that he has Kenny Pickett and they're barely beating the shitty Packers team. It's right. just the nature of... John Harbaugh was going to get fired and then Lamar Jackson came. It's part of the sport so yeah John nobody will ever
2: be as great he had a bag man getting the best which he was great but it's you're 100 percent right i was thinking about it and he had bill
1: walton and kareem abdul jabbar yeah well,
2: <laughs> you know we'll think about you know the way i was thinking about it a little different today in the context of like not to get away from brock but you know
1: but brock's making every like brock makes these guys look better because he's better than anything they've had yeah yeah
2: i think as it relates to bill the thing i was thinking about today is like part of bill's thing is he's so high level that ex like when you combine him with an excellent quarterback you get the best of the whole thing right what do they always say about i'm not a big f1 guy and i I know the world claims to be but um uh like the bet the guys who win all the time are the best racers for stopping like they also have the best car right and i think that's what bill and tom were like they were the
1: best driver with the best
2: car and that that happens very
1: rarely I played golf with someone yesterday, there was a big F1 guy, and we we're t- cause Lewis is down now. And I said, if you would have put a random guy, you know, because there's there's 20 drivers, right? So if I take the 19th guy on the circuit who's ranked 19th in three years ago in the heyday of Mercedes and Lewis, and I put him in his car, is he a lock to win as much as Lewis? He's like, No. He would still be, he would not finish 19th. He'd be finished in top fives, and he'd win every once in a while, but he wouldn't always win. Right. Or Max is now dominating, for example, right? You could put, like, I was watching the game today, and Trevor Lawrence, who was terrible, so in a vacuum, was looked really bad. Would the the Niners be a lot better with him? Like, is there that big of a difference? And this gets down to the evaluation of the quarterback, that a couple years out, like, who cares? What you did in college is no longer relevant, right? What you were as a quote-unquote prospect, where you were viewed, it's all based on how you're playing now in the context of the team you're playing for. And one thing Brock excels at is playing with these guys. He's elite at it. He's elite at it, right? Just like early on when Tom was carried by Vrabel and Brewski, and his best receiver was Troy Brown, like he was elite at running that operation. And then as time went on, the, the paid Mannings and the Andrew Lux as just individual players that are just ready to dominate from the jump are such, they're outliers of the Hall of Fame guys. Most Hall of Fame guys kind of figure it out a little slowly early on, Elway, I think. Marino was in the, you know, Super Bowl by year two because he was so ready. A lot of guys need a minute and or they're they they get because they were drafted, maybe not high, get to go to a better team. Look at Dak Prescott. When Dak was drafted in the fourth round of the Cowboys, he was scheduled to be the third quarterback. Rubble breaks his back. I think Kellen Moore broke his hand or something. All of a sudden he starts. Would Dak Prescott have been Dak Prescott if he would instead of going to the Cowboys? Who Romo's in tears because he's like this is best most talented team I'd ever played on. What if Dak was on the opposite on the shitty team? Would it, you know, it's we're all product of our circumstances. But you watch Purdy a huge reason he's a product of his circumstances because, like, of all the reps he had in college, like Tommy DeVito right now is playing. Tommy DeVito was at Illinois playing for Bielama last year because he couldn't fucking win the job at Syracuse. So yeah, is Tommy DeVito good? No, he's never been good. He's always had to battle and get. Mitch Trubisky, one-year starter. Well, why was he one-year starter? He couldn't win the fucking job. Brock Purdy shows up on campus to a power five and just wins the job. And and I think we look back on some of these things. Your history doesn't always dictate as a as an athlete where your future is going to go. But I do think a lot of times it does tell the story. And Trey Lance, like, wasn't an immediate starter. Why? Because he wasn't the best quarterback on the roster right when he showed up. Some guys were just Trevor Lawrence. They had just won, not won a national championship, but had been really good. Dabo's like, bro, you're not starting anymore, man. You're done. This guy's starting immediately. And Trevor did. And that guy transferred to, like, fucking Missouri. I forget his name, but my uh, point Chase, is, I think sometimes right? no, you look at the Chase history, okay. yeah, like, it wasn't Bryce. the guy talked a bunch of shit. He's, Dabo's screwing him or whatever, remember? Yeah. And, 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 and that, that did, but my, my point being is this guy really is pretty talented when you watch him play with other talented people. Now, how this is going to age in 10 years, I, I'm not ready to, like, <laughs> This guy's a $100 million player or whatever. He's fucking damn good right now. I'm watching the game today, and for a lot of the games, now you can't throw picks. You can't have a good game and throw two picks. And I oh, still had a good game. That's not how it works. And even John Lynch told Cal Commie, like that's not the way football works. You can't throw the interceptions right. in those spots in the tight game. No. You can throw three touchdowns on a pick if you win the game 30-10. to 10, No one notices. But you can't throw three touchdowns on a pick when you lose by four when the pick comes in the fourth quarter when you're down by three. Yeah. Or up by three, right? Yeah. You know, and it flips the game.
2: I think what happened in those games was he threw the picks, and so you he didn't have a good game, but he sh- he showed the other traits that do give him a chance to be a really good quarterback in those games. And I think, you know, for Trevor Lawrence picks, and picks Brock, came at the
1: end in both games.
2: Yeah, which which is which is, it hurts. Like you, you can't be a complete quarterback if you don't win in those situations, right? Over the balance of your career. Well, I don't think like, it hurts. It, it, I felt.
1: it lost him, it lost him the game, right? I mean, I think. He played a big role. What in I mean, yeah, what I'm game. talking
2: about role. though is, was it a good game? The thing you're talking about. And the answer was no, it can't possibly be a good game given how it ended. But I think what he showed in those games, he continued to show today the physical traits are more as uncommon as great physical quarterback traits are. We've all watched the NFL long enough to know that the physical traits, the athleticism, the arm strength, the size are easier to find than the mental traits that it really takes the ability to read a defense and the physical toughness, and the capacity to run a team, right, and the leadership. Those, I think, right, would you agree with that? Like, that is more rare than the physical traits. When you get both of them, you get all-time great. You get the top 10 quarterbacks that we've talked about. You get the Steve Youngs and the Marinos and, like, all of that stuff, right? Hell, and that's why, like, Montana, it's like, well, he didn't have the – well, one of his physical traits was actually accuracy, which is an incredible trait, right? But what I'm getting at with Brock is just, for all the questions about – and I've since the preseason, like, hey, let's just – in terms of franchise quarterbacks, it just takes time. You can't possibly know after, you know, six games. I think the, I do think the book is kind of closed on. He does have the mental traits required to be a long-term NFL starting quarterback. Like, that is clear. Now, can he stay healthy? is a part of it. Can he win games late? is a part of it. Do they win and like, keep getting good play? Like all these other things factor in, but, Man, he just continues to operate at incredible mental speeds. I think it's just, and then on top of it, he like is kind of, he's not kind of, he's more
1: athletic. <laughs> he's more athletic yeah, than no, he's we thought. He's a playmaker. Yeah, he's a play, he's a playmaker. I mean, I, I, I'm not Charlie trying Bryant. to just com- crush Trevor Lawrence because of the one game. And it, it's easy to do a lot of people. And so how I saw Richard Sherman doing it, I don't think the guy's a scrub. And but I had a text today from, you know, a pretty high ranking NFL official whose teams might go go through it again. Uh, and he was he's like, God, ah, Trevor's. he's like I think he's a little overrated. Oh, and I, I think he I think he's a pretty polarizing player. Like, I, I think when you bring up most, I think one guy that will always get defended by NFL people is Herbert like, anyone shitting on Herbert's a fucking idiot. They don't know football. He, he Unless Mahomes is my quarterback, or like Josh Allen or Lamar, like, I'll take Herbert. <laughs> right? And he's a guy, I would say, if you just went on the internet, you'll see half and half. Like today, I, I look up, there and right, kill right, right now. Right. Like, I bet everyone, oh, this Herbert, everyone loves him. No, he's like, he's pretty good. Like, and, like people would take him. I didn't think Trevor Lawrence, Purdy, after they, you know, lost three games, like, addressed the team. I think he, like, owned up to it. He, yeah. For his words, he said that. I do think there's an element of, like, if you talk to Kyle, if you talk to Greasy, if you just were having beers with, like, McCaffrey and Trent or Fred. Like, you know, this guy's got some shit to him. Like, there's just something. This guy's a fucking football player. I think sometimes quarterbacks, you know, Trevor Lawrence, does he look like a guy? And maybe this is unfair, but I don't – I think the knock on him is not Mr. Rah-Rah. He's just always been really good. Remember part of the thing he got crushed at coming out was – I don't really need football. I, you know, just this isn't my everything. What I watch, do you know what Fred Warner say? Brock Purdy, football means everything to him. Tom Brady's like, I dedicated my fucking life to football. So unless you're going to dedicate your life, I'm going to beat you. Peyton right. Manning, I mean, the guy still to this day can't stop being around football, and he's coaching with Terrell Davis. He is is a uh, Marshall's team. They won the championship. Peyton Manning was the play caller. I would imagine what Terrell Davis's kid. Like they're a twelve-year-old flag football team. Oh no, I didn't see that. <laughs> yeah, I, I would imagine uh, they're probably pretty good. I, I'd be shocked if Terrell Davis's kids not pretty athletic. Chargers are getting killed here. But what what I'm, my point is is that a lot of times in football, you're gonna have several guys on the team that feel like God. Football, like George, the way George plays, the way McCaffrey plays, use check. I think when you watch Debo and, and Trent play, the passion, how hard they play. And for a quarterback, you're either putting up the numbers, throwing the touchdowns, you're not. But I think that element is why guys just loved Phillip Rivers. Guys love Peyton, Drew Brees. Like These guys, they, they, they approach the love of football, even though they're never going to tackle anybody. So they're they angrier. It doesn't really matter. But they're on our level. And I think that's how you gain the respect of everyone on the team. Obviously, you can gain the respect if you're throwing five touchdowns a game and everyone's winning. But that's not – football isn't this easy, right? You just saw right. the Niners' three-game losing streak. Yep. So do guys fracture on you or do they not? And I, I think Purdy has that intangible stuff, which I, I think it's fair to say is that tr- – it's I wouldn't say it's a strength for Trevor Lawrence. I'm not saying he doesn't have it, but I would say Purdy's – I feel much stronger about Purdy's intangibles than I do Trevor Lawrence's.
2: Which is funny, right? Because Trevor, by so many measures, people thought – viewed him as like the perfect – you know, he's on the short list of perfect quarterback prospects.
1: I do think that quote when he was coming out in the draft, a lot of it kind of jolted people. Right. Like, this isn't good. Because remember, you it was like two G- article won, or something. But... Well, watching Mac Jones today, that's you could argue that that's one of the most inflated. And it, that college season was a complete fugazi. I mean, it was fake. It was just complete bullshit. That college draft inflation – is one of the biggest fool con jobs ever. Trevor would have gone number one in 90% of drafts, but the other four guys? Well, but Tra- Zach Wilson is not good. Trey Lance is a third stringer. But Trey wasn't COVID-19 inflated. Is. Right? No, no, I'm removing him. Zach I'm saying the other covid four year inflated. I'm saying the other four guys. Yeah. Trey didn't play, and Mac was definitely. <laughs> so, in fields, I... He's almost in his own category of kind of WTF, not totally writing him off, but definitely not saying he's you feel good about him being your starting quarterback. But he gets
2: drafted top ten in a lot of drafts, right? Yes. Just based on
0: like first, guys. First round for, sure. for sure. First
2: round for sure. First round for sure. I mean, Christian Ponder was a top twelve pick, right? Yeah.
1: Top fifteen. He's a top fifteen. For sure.
2: Yeah. Uh just a couple other Brock throws I wanted to highlight, John. Um, the, the long third and eight throw to Jennings was, a was again, like most guys who make that throw at that angle are guys with really strong arms, but he was just very accurate. Put it on a spot. Jennings is just a fucking machine on third downs. Um, there was a holding on Trent where Brock had a crazy escape and found Debo for a first down. It was a third down holding on Trent, took it back to third and 15, but it was an incredible escape. And then don't forget after the everyone's laughing now about Shanahan being on the field after the Ambry fumble, but they had a third down and nine after Thomas recovered the fumble. They had a third down and nine, and Brock made a really good sideline throw. It just feels like they really he can stretch the sidelines for a guy without Herbert's arm. It's really, it's one of the most impressive things I think thinking about it now. It's like his ability to make throws. They're so dangerous out there. That's where the pick sixes happen and that's where you get tricked and and baited and it 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 he just keeps making throws out there for a guy without us i mean it's not average plus like is it average whatever it is i don't
1: know but he makes a lot of throws on the, on the wings for a guy with his arm him and i you can feast around that area don't they just for a first down and sometimes yeah. it's not even third and long it could be second and 10 but they 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 feel like they feast, and I know he had only. three. I look at the box for three catches. He felt like he had six, but I think he had. One, we expensive. had the
2: one with the offensive pass interference too that came back. Oh yeah,
1: which is a pretty ticky tack call. Yeah, I mean, how if we, how often does that happen in the NFL? I I despise some of these defensive back and even offensive. The, the, they're allowed to touch each other. Were you just supposed to mirror each other perfectly? It's it's that that nothing pisses me off more. Than ticky calls. totally understand a bad PI where I tackle you or something. But to me, like, isn't that part of football? Isn't that part of football? That is that I, really what we're emphasizing? Here? I don't even, John, I feel like you hardly
2: see that call except like ball is in the air. If people missed it, it's not worth revisiting it, but um, I don't really see it. There call. was
1: another play on ward where he kind of ran into. Yeah, that was
2: Ridley. Ridley kind of was just like, Missed the weight room or something, and got maybe it was a little off balance or something. If it wouldn't
1: have been for that play, I wouldn't. I didn't even know he was in the game today. Uh Two catches for twenty yards. Yeah, did not feel him. Well, you for
2: a game that had a lot of concern coming in. C.J. Beathard and Sam Darnold both played in the game, so that, that gives you an idea of what happened.
1: I, I don't understand. And this happened last week when uh, Ferguson caught the ball at the quarter inch line and was down. If you're trying to score a touchdown and McCaffrey's – and I don't care if it's a two yard out, so you break the line, don't you cheat a little bit? Like, hey Sam, I'm going to break this off a yard into the end zone, and then I'm going to cut run down the end zone. Oh, I'm going to be into the end zone instead of just hug the line.
2: Yeah, I mean that's I always think he, Walsh's I think thing. Is I think like Walsh's thing was always like, if it's twelve yards and in an inch, you, I don't care. Like, especially on a team where Yak is a part of it, right? Like, on a Yak team, it's okay. But that's the break.
1: I'm talking about the br-
2: the broken oh, that, record play with Darrell. I, 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 hate- <laughs> I hate that, like, that angle throw. With the, it's a really tough throw. and It wasn't, you know.
1: Would you have ran a pass play for him? I would have at least put him, him in
2: the backfield as opposed to, like, just lining him up one-on-one and the DB knows. I would have put him in the backfield, and then you can run him out. You can fit. You know, you can do all kinds of stuff. Uh, I think
1: it's easier to... To flex him out wide, assuming does every Jags player know the record? Do you think they all know what's going on or no? I don't.
2: Uh, I don't know, but he was getting fed on that drive. <laughs> like the coach knew, because I saw Kyle say something to him after the game, and it looked like Doug was like, "No, I knew what." Like Doug was like, "I knew what you were doing." It was like what the interaction looked like. Like it was cool.
1: You know, I okay. No, I know that Doug probably knows. So my point like being, that. like he tell the middle like middle linebacker they is he thinking,
2: like hey guys, the they're being McCaffrey the here.
1: They're trying to get him a record, so I, I think he did twenty three. Actually,
2: like th- 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 at some point, the coaches on the first play of that drive, they don't know it, but as it's unfolding, like guys, they are sticking with McCaffrey, right? Everyone, it's okay. all subs.
1: Well, so, so exactly, so a run play is more than likely at the eight yard line, going to be very difficult to get in, right? Yeah, yeah. If they all know, yeah. and it, and it's going to be a run play, I would imagine, which they ran a, a pitch, a sweep, something in space, let him make some move. So then you're going to, okay, we're going to throw him the ball. But if I'm just throwing him a wheel route, you can cheat that too, and they can approach it just like a run play where it's going to be basically impossible. So really the only way to get him in a chance to be one-on-one would be a pass play or him throwing the pass. So I, I would have just gone past probably starting second down. Does flex he him out, pass maybe run count a-
2: for the record though? What? You're saying McCaffrey throwing the pass? Does that count for the record if he had thrown a pass? Well, well, do you think it would? I don't think so. I thought it was touchdown scored. Scrimmage touchdown. So he has to score the touchdown. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that would be. Okay.
1: Then. Okay. Then no passes. But to me, then I'm throwing it to him in the slot or outside. Then all. Yeah. You're all right. I mean, times. you make a
2: good case. Like you just there's one way to guarantee you get him one on one, and that's if the way you know it's
1: coming. It. It's really hard to run a run play.
2: Yeah.
1: It has to go ten yards. My argument would yards. not
2: be necessarily a run play. It's just if you put him in the backfield, well, at the one yard line. In Juice's defense, he got crushed on the play. Dead. so he deserved that touchdown. If my point is just if you put him somewhere near the backfield, you've got fifty three yards of field to work with, you know, width of the field. You got the whole. Then they don't know where he's going. But you could have just lined, just like a diamond formation, throw him a screen, put three guys in front of him, and just
1: yeah, try and get him into the end zone. But uh, it, it's one of those that it's. <laughs> It's hard. I mean, it's, there's a. It is a unique record. While while I agree, no one ever would talk about it unless it gets thrown in front of your face. But once you start seeing it and you start thinking about it, and then you start realizing, you're right. It, it is pretty special c- category. Yeah. I, I don't think it's just some throwaway. Because Maria's like, why are they trying to do this? And then by the end, she's like, why aren't the Jags just letting him score? I'm like, well, th- this record. I just don't think you ever break it. It's one of those where that's just probably not getting broken, right? Yeah, it's just not. No, I, I don't. I don't care who you are. It's.
2: Um. I also think that in any, in any, industry or niche, skill, whatever, like the people who participate are the ones that tell you what records matter and what records don't. Right. In anything, what awards matter, what awards don't. The real estate awards, like the real estate agents know which are the awards, like what, what the value of being recognized by your peers is the fact that the players all reacted to the way they were trying to get them to score the way they did tells me like, they think it's really special. They think it's really cool at least. Right. It's not an MVP. It's different, but it's just really cool. Like they all know how hard it is to score touchdowns and it's really cool.
1: You remember when I I think Devin, Devin Booker scored 71, and they held the 71 piece of paper in the whole all the suns. This is like several yeah. years ago. And they had lost, I think, that night. And everyone's <laughs> like, this is so stupid. <laughs> Cause in the NBA, a lot of guys could score 50-60 points and a lot. It's just irrelevant. I think what makes the record and this individual is the majority of those touchdowns and his impact on this team have been unlike many things I've ever seen. Yeah. So it, part of it is the impact that he's had for the squad. Cause if you think about it, who was celebrating him on the sideline. With all the star players that have benefited from him being traded for? Yeah, I, I I do think in football in that situation it is very difficult to force feed a running back. It'd been easy if he had played receiver. I mean, it's, it, it now he can, but it's it's some of those touches happen on that final drive in spots where he just wasn't going to be able to gain like more than five yards. If he ran over seven guys, he was still going to get tackled. Uh. So check this
2: out. When 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 Brock, uh, when Brock, we're gonna find, um So when Brock threw that first touchdown pass, I got a text from a former NFL quarterback, and he said, "Was that was that a birdie or a bogey throw? The touchdown to Iuk? And I said, "What do you think?" He said, "I asked you first. I said, "I think it's a birdie." Well, he thought it was a bogey. He was kind of messing around. Uh, he just sent me. Since we're doing the show right now, I'm not looking at Twitter. He just sent me this. Kyle Shanahan described Brock Purdy's first – this is from Mayoko. His first touchdown pass is, quote, one of the worst decisions he's made since he's been here. (laughs) Uh,
1: (laughs) Well, do you think, you know, back to his interceptions? Because today, again, he's over 11 yards a pass. And that's the thing, you know, Kurt Warner – a little like the college analogy of people supporting urban or, or harbaugh it's clearly biased you know her, warner's an arizona guy he knows purdy they're, yeah, they're boys yeah. Yeah. i i think they're both you know religion's a huge I i think they're very close and i never you've always had the thing and i i'm in complete agreement like i i never have an issue with someone's wife or mom or brother spouting off Like Yeah, they're biased in this situation. They support whoever, whether they're on the right side or the wrong side. Who gives a fuck? We would be the same for your child or your father. That's who you should support. It's called fucking having a family and having some goddamn loyalty. But if I am two under going into hole 16 and then I bogey, triple, triple, did I have a good round? I was two under going to 16 and then I go bogey, triple, triple. Like I was playing the best golf of my life, but I end up shooting seventy seven. Like I was, I was thinking in my head I might shoot yeah, sixty nine. I know. And things, and that's the thing with sports, right? And things and life. with life. Things can change fast, and this is part of being a quarterback. And I actually think if they go on to get their season going again, which it feels like they're going to, especially with their upcoming opponents, that sometimes adversity is not a bad thing to go through, and just feeling some lumps yeah. and. You know, because they, they've only really had it one time and they could justify it. Well, his arm got ripped off. His arm got ripped off, even though they refused to say, yeah, we'd like to have that playback." It was like, well, Andy Reid ran the play. He's got Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> well, that's just, <laughs> Andy Reid runs some plays that other people shouldn't run or even in that spot. But I, I just think that he is really explosive. Like one of the knocks, I mean, Carr sucks. I hope he's not seriously injured, but he's not a very good player anymore. And the knock on him from a lot of football people who always push back on people like, he's better than you think. I was like He's a fucking check down king. That's all he does. He checks down. And unlike Alex, who doesn't really trust his arm, right? it's like, I can't afford to be a second late on the out. It'll get pick six. Derek has a good arm. He's just terrified like to make a mistake. In a couple years under Gruden, when his stats started looking better, people were like, well, he just manipulates this. He doesn't ever make a this is a 50 50 like this is part of playing the position and that is not purdy Purdy pushes the ball down the field pushes the ball down the field jimmy was like somewhere in the middle like he was not like Derek, consumed with good completion percentage and stuff but he also when he did make the ball throw the ball down the field it never looked right didn't really work Purdy just does it when it looks right like at a really really high level you start averaging double digit yards per attempt, and he does it a lot, you're an explosive player. And a lot of the Niners' big wins, are their offense is explosive down the field. Like, that Kittle play is an explosive pass. Some of the IU plays are explosive passes because you have to make the third and seven to Debo or Jennings or whatever. I mean, it's part of football. But when you have that element, when you have that Kittle play element where you really have to fear – That is an elite team. Like that's what the Eagles have. Like Jalen can get you a third and six to to Devontae, but he can also throw the bomb to one of those two for the fucking touchdown at any moment. And the Niners have never had that. So it's like, ah, they really got to matriculate. And sometimes Kyle still likes to matriculate, even though he doesn't always need to, unless it's schemed perfectly in his sequence of plays that he has spent, you know, twenty hours a day leading up to the game figuring out. But at least when he calls it, they can hit a big one. Yeah. Like that, that uh, to me it was pretty that symbolic moment of Kittle doing his version of Deion Sanders was like that just doesn't happen for them very often no. on a
2: pass play. It doesn't happen. First of all, it doesn't happen down the sideline one-on-one coverage
1: over the top hardly at all, right? Never. And th- people've always said, it's, well they they have the they have weapons, right? Like they have guys that make plays. But yeah, and, and really fundamentally like they don't have that they don't
2: have D you know, and a lot of teams don't, but they don't have DK Metcalf. They just don't have that guy necessarily. No. Yeah. Iuke no. is net. You never see Ayuk in that situation or you rarely do. And maybe Kittle is the perfect guy for that situation that you're the the, 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 it feels like a lot of their sideline throws are like, you know, wheel routes and stuff like that. Tight end gets out when people were ignoring him. The full gets out when people were ignoring him, but yeah. Anyway, uh, Andy Avalos, Jimbo got fired. John, it's only the beginning. Did Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh. They got the injunction hearing. I was just saying to somebody, like you just said the Friday, word, right? You, you just said the word injunction when it came to a football game, right? Not injunction. Somebody got arrested. Injunction football game. Injunction. That's the. It's insane to have a football game injunction. But they got a football game. Yeah, Friday. I think it's well Friday. Why does it take so long until Friday?
1: I think it's the hearing, body. whether he can, yeah, body. I thought so. But it doesn't matter because he can coach during the week, right? Right. So it actually is just whether he's going to be allowed. With his other suspension this year. You could argue that that is one of the most gutless pussy decisions ever. You're playing just the tip with a with – a, either go all in or not, right? What, what what are we doing? He either can coach or he can't. What, what they did – That's what was, happened at the beginning of the year too. But that was self-inflicted, like the – Michigan did that themselves. Yeah, yeah,
2: self-imposed. Yeah.
1: To to me, when they did this, they want to show everyone that they have a little bit of a backbone. will do something, but they actually don't want to drop the hammer. So to me, the whole thing feels kind of laughable. Either do it or don't. That's my take. Do it or don't. And they refused to do it, but they kind of did it to appease people, I guess. I I, I don't. I think he felt pressured, new guy, and ultimately. You know, we'll see. I, I And listen, I'm not one to act like, do I think Jim Harbaugh and none of these people knew nothing? But I ultimately don't care. But my point is, either spin them or don't. Don't do your half-in, half-out bullshit. Of course, Michigan's going to be like, listen, he's going to do this two-game thing where he just can't show up on game day, but he actually can lead the prayer and lead the pregame speech. And he just has to leave. You know, Of course. I mean, that's what I, it's, what. <laughs> hey, John, uh, you're 10 years old, you're grounded. What are your do's and don'ts? <laughs> I'll figure out some stuff. No TV, except for between three and seven. Yeah, Petiti doing this. Give me a break. It's just so stupid. They did honor Jim, though. Didn't throw the ball in the second half. 32 straight running plays, I think. I saw Penn State fire their offensive coordinator.
2: They did. Yurich Juricic.
1: Yeah. Like, would Kellen Moore even take the Boise job at this point? Probably not, right? Uh,
2: I mean... You're an OC, in the NFL, unless you think you're about to lose your NFL OC job, being an NFL OC is one step away from being an NFL head coach. I wonder if Brian Harson's on deck for them. Probably. I th- someone had, had a lot of success there. A while back. He's a yep. Boise guy, right? Yep. Had success. So I don't think Peterson's did, coming did, out. It's did Peter. Fresno
1: State end up losing to San Jose State? Got destroyed. I I think those jobs that obviously are near and dear to our heart, and they were really important for a long time. And not that they're not still, they still can be a great stepping stone, like what Utah was for Urban Meyer to go on to Florida. At the time, you know, Utah was not a Power Five program, right? What Pat what Pat Hill represented to college football, what Chris Peterson did at Boise, I do think it dramatically changed in a short period of time. Like the only reason Fresno State has Chris or is Jeff Tedford it's cuz he's old and he's got some health issues like he's not a fresno state coach he would not be at fresno state if he was 50 and a little skinnier and healthy, had a better ticker like this is the, the, those coaching jobs are either you're in and you're out or you're just being there to get fired in a couple of years it's just it's very very difficult and who knows listen i went to a program that's a fucking joke in cal poly every time i see a tweet from the program on saturday they're getting losing by 40 but like those jobs, like what what are they even anymore? The, the way college football is now, you're just better off being a quarterback coach for Michigan or Washington and then figuring out than attempting to be a head coach of these places. I mean, the reason Dillingham's offensive coordinator was Cal Poly's head coach. Like it, it, it's it's a little like the NFL, like what we talked about with Kellen Moore that I, I just think that the, the non-Power 5 job, which I, I wouldn't be here talking to you if it wasn't for Fresno State, but when Tedford leaves, like their next head coach is more Same. likely to be something that who even knows than it is going to be some, oh, damn, they got yeah. Alabama's offensive coordinator.
2: Yeah, yeah. You're right. I mean, it's it's the, the, port, the NIL has created a world where all those programs, what do they rely on? Player development. They don't get five stars. They don't get four stars. They get a couple three stars, but, you know, had a lot, maybe a lot of had a good camp, got it, whatever. They get good players. But it's fully dependent on player development. And now your players develop, they are gone. And you can't even like Boise State, most people watching this probably don't know, unless you're a hardcore college football fan. Maybe you know. They had they got a guy on their team who's a stud. Went in the portal last Sunday. It's gonna go to a like a power, he's going to a power five program. He's a big time receiver. Um, so how do you combat that, right? Like you think about any group of five program that you've been aware of the last 20 years produces NFL players because they stay there. Uh, and I don't even blame the kid. Like he's going to go get six figures somewhere. I, I can't even, you know, whatever his family situation is. I, 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 I would be disingenuous and it'd, it'd be kind of fake to say, well, that's not right. Like you shouldn't do that. Like fundamentally I, I'm with you. Like we want reward loyalty and team and all like, that's all legit, but, Damn! In the real world, somebody puts a bunch of six figures in front of you, or something like that. That's that's a different. You know, who was, ev-
1: you know who was everywhere last night, at Oregon USC game, and who led the team in tackles was Evan Williams. That guy is fucking good. He's excellent. Yeah, Fresno State safety. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, he's excellent. He's a really good player. I think he's he's a really good player.
1: Yeah. And it's like, did he go there because his brother was there, right, or whatever? But regardless, he's like that he's a, individual he player. Gone, whether he, he has was, a brother or not? Yeah, he belonged at a higher level of football. And you hear all these coaches talk about it. And honestly, it's no different. At right, if you're like our cow's best player, that running back going to get calls? Like a what? we already <laughs> has. That's the
2: crazy part. Like they they kept him. Like re, you know, player retention is where your money a lot of times if you don't have an unlimited budget should go as opposed to in recruiting, right? Like we got $10 million. Where should we spend it? Should we set, we should spend it keeping the good players we got first, and then we'll spend it, you know, getting more good players. Um, but they lost their receiver. They lost their best receiver to UCLA, but they kept, they See, kept got
1: got God, God, God whole thing. I remember talking to him about USC, yeah, was they're allocating so many financial resources to Caleb? Because remember, Caleb didn't all of a sudden just say, "I'm going to USC" when he transferred from Oklahoma. Right. They had to pay so much money, and obviously, he was worth the money, but that does limit their ability. And last year, they were they paid Jordan Addison a couple million dollars. So between the two guys making eight nine million dollars, I mean, there are probably some teams in the top twenty that don't have half that going to players. So I mean, they're paying it. They were paying it to. Now they reallocated some uh, Addison's money. But it's not like Caleb took a big cut. If anything, he got more. Yeah, more, you'd think, yeah. So you just the the situation, it, it just it's not an easy I don't know. It's it, the same teams kicking ass, but I, I do think that the Boise states and the Fresno States having a good little run with, with uh with Jeff, but I, I just think they're a thing of the I think they're kind of dead. Besides having a year here to win eight, nine games is cool. But then that player that would have been three years for you and got his name retired like he's just gonna end up somewhere else and probably somewhere good yeah Which i mean it's cool the thing for you, you too like oh my guy's playing
2: for alabama like you really need to just be able to consistently get the thing is guys are getting plucked from georgia too guys leave georgia guys leave mama right texas takes a guy from wherever guys fall back also right like good players like you look around that level you see some good ass players like hey and yeah, you know, seven catches at a power five school in two years, but he's actually really good. He just was behind really good players. It just, your margin for error becomes really thin.
1: I think it's easier though, to get Jordan Addison, Evan Williams, than it is to figure out this guy failed at Michigan, Ohio state, Alabama, Georgia. That can be more hit or miss.
2: Oh yeah. The, 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 the margins then, but you're also getting Juco guys in that mix. You're taking somebody else's, power group of five guy um i think i think a lot of times somebody want i i had a coach tell me this week he's like you know something sometimes you will recruit a higher level player that you're not going to get for the possibility that he's going to hop in the portal and then later you already have that relationship but that's a lot more legwork than just we like that guy he's the best let's pay him (laughs) it's a lot of effort yeah it's a lot of effort all right anything else to add uh we are with this show if you are listening or watching this not live uh uh disclaimer was recorded before Jets Raiders Sunday night football and uh, the reason we did it earlier is cuz John was like I am clearing my schedule for Jets Raiders and I said me too so so um can't wait I'm pretty fired up <laughs> I'm pretty fired up for that game I'm not going to lie
1: <laughs> I mean a couple wins uh, are you Antonio real are you me. like
2: real fired up or like bullshit fired up for that game
1: Well the game there is a chance once the game is played, it's not as entertaining as I'm hoping. The outcome is very, very important. And the, in the NFL, you win a game. All of a sudden, Antonio Pierce is 2-0. You've got him 500. I think Mark would... Like, my, my take on Texas A&M, they're going to end up more than likely if they can't land their big fish, which more than likely they will not. It's easier for them just to give Elko, the dude from Duke, three or four years, they already know him. yeah. But just to kind of settle the program... It is easier for Mark, given how much he's paying, a lot like Texas AM, just to hire Antonio Pierce for three years and just take a deep breath than it is to try to convince Jim Harbaugh that might have several suitors. Like, do you think that this situation with Michigan changes Jim Harbaugh's position on leaving or staying a lot? Does it impact that much?
2: Uh, I don't. Only if the university is resistant to giving him an extension but I don't think it changes. They're coming out talking
1: shit life. about everybody yeah. else. Like, we're coming so after
2: you all. Like, I don't think it... Is it more likely that he's going to stay out of spite? Maybe. I don't think it makes it less likely that he's going to stay. But I also think that Jim's overall NFL um, appeal has declined since he left the 49ers. I think there's only so many teams, owners, that you just cut the list a little when it's like, no, it's total power is what you're giving this guy, right? And Mark is would be the most willing to give him anything he wants. So I think for that reason, it's real, but I don't assume anything. Like we've all thought he was going to leave Michigan a few different times and he hasn't. So maybe this reignites kind of, it has galvanized them, right? Like you turn it on and there's Charles Woodson in a Michigan versus everybody t-shirt. And then there's Desmond, like everyone's foolish. (laughs) It's like, you know, but it's, it has brought them all together. Right, it doesn't I really do think matter what a, brings you together.
1: If you had to guess, I think the highest rated Colorado games this year have been the highest rated college football games, like nine, ten million dollars. What's Ohio State, Michigan drawing? It was th- th- yeah. The guess. highest
2: rated Notre Dame game was definitely double figures. I mean, did I say Notre Dame? Colorado, I think it was like ten, right?
1: Yeah, it didn't get to thirteen, did it? No, yeah, I think I it was think like 10-2 or something. Yeah. What yeah, yeah. Ohio State, Michigan have fifteen that morning on? Saturday morning after Thanksgiving
2: yeah I mean the yeah the the Colorado thing is so unique like the Dion thing like it's just there're like three million people who don't watch football watch this game like they are not football people just watch this game you know that's the thing that Colorado has but you gotta think that they could get 13 million to watch Michigan Ohio State which anyway god
1: I'm uh' Where's I'm Jim watching it up- the game from is seeing the like the football facility you think for example, in two thousand uh, uh, for two thousand twenty two. What's your guess on how many million people watched? Um was it more than thirteen? My guess is you're not gonna be close.
2: Oh, really? Is that much?
1: Like twenty? Seventeen million. Yeah. Seventeen million. God, okay. And it, it was the highest rated college football game in a decade. So this one has to be bigger than last year, given this scandal, right? Because scandal just drop moves the needle. Yeah, so twenty,
2: <laughs> double. Well, that that now one thing was clear. that was that was that a big noon kick last
1: time? It, it it always is. Has it always been? Yeah, I mean, since Fox has had the big thing. yeah yeah. yeah. That's clearly, I would say Michigan, Ohio State is the biggest game. Feels like the SEC, like their game, like their conference is more important, but that is the biggest game of the year, clearly. I mean, based on the numbers. (laughs) And now that once Michigan started winning, it made it a real game again. And I think this 25 million feels high, but I think they pretty easily eclipsed 20. Because everyone, this is a pretty big story. Wait, Jim Harbaugh got suspended. Because think of all the NFL fan bases that are paying attention now, too. Especially, I think you get close to 25 if Jim's allowed at the game.
2: Yeah, which I think I'm John, with you. I think my... Jim being there elevates it.
1: Yeah, he can't His not face. be there. And the other guy that's crying. Because you can't convince me. Here's the other thing you can't convince me. There wasn't a phone call in the locker room. These guys can't score. Run the fucking ball every fucking play. Oh, from Jim hundred... Harbaugh. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way they ran the ball every single play without communication from Jim Harbaugh in his hotel room.
2: I half expect an investigation to how Jim had a headset from where. Jim was in the headset. The best tweet of the weekend was PFT commenter who said, RIP
1: Jim Harbaugh, who must have died based on this interview. (laughs) All right. Uh, I think it's easy for everyone to make fun on the outside. Inside. You feel you guys getting railroaded there's so much animosity inside the conference feels like there's a lot of people out to get your guy who's made you a lot of money just you are living that life
2: every day 24 hours a day right
1: as your players that's all you like care about is your program online you spent i mean an interview 18 un- hours a day during jim the season say,
2: unknown to man uh, unseen to mankind before that interview which is what jim i creates, like jim guy. Creates these situations yeah. that nobody has ever seen before yeah, he's
1: been suspended twice in a season. His team might win the national championship
2: for two different offenses.
1: <laughs> what, what? You can't even make it up.
2: All right. Anything what else? A career? <laughs> no. For this right now. Uh, let's see what's going on. Like things we don't know yet. You know, Seahawks game that's going on right now. But
1: Lions Chargers getting good. Nine nine. Cow- yeah. Cowboys. The Giants. They are getting smoked. Seattle's in a little trouble.
2: They just tied at nine. All right.
1: Uh, Kyler's back. Niners have no excuse to not win the division. Like if that's your high end, like you, you got to, anything else, but a division championship is a major letdown. This isn't playoffs also, or bust. This is division or bust. I would add to
2: that, like your high end and your low end. is So like Seattle's low end is so much lower than the Niners low end. Right. Even the Niners without their dudes still are in position to win games like against good teams. So,
1: very weird to see Pete with a hat. When does this guy ever wear a hat? Is he wearing a hat? Yeah. Bad hair day, maybe?
2: (laughs) Needs a cut? All right. On that note, later. Later, buddy. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you.